This is Uniquely Milwaukee. It's everything you love about community stories, but more in depth. Giving the stories the time and attention they deserve. Changing perspective one episode at a time. I'm your host, Salam Fathayed, and this is Uniquely Milwaukee. Stories that stick with you. Music has been a fundamental part of our human culture for centuries, weaving through our daily experiences and shaping our emotions in a subtle yet significant way. Whether we're simply enjoying our favorite songs or actively engaging in the making of music, the effects of our social emotional development and well-being are undeniable. Take me for example. I can't help but think about my childhood and dancing and cooking in the kitchen with my mom and my older sister when I listened to Fairuz. These songs bring me to a place of inner peace. Music can be therapeutic, but it's not the same as music therapy. That's a distinction that Mackenzie Kojis, Milwaukee music therapist, stresses on. And I talked to Mackenzie to learn more about music therapy. What inspired you to pursue a career in music therapy? I've always had music as a part of my life. Um, I was the kid who was in band and I was the kid that was in choir and I knew that I wanted to do something more with it, you know, Mm -hmm. and music also served me really well emotionally through high school. And about that same time, I learned about this thing called music therapy And I actually distinctly remember looking at a curriculum, like an eight semester plan at a university. And I looked at all the classes and I said, I would love to take all of those classes. This is a career. (laughs) Yes. So for those that don't know, and I might be one of those people, what's what's the overview of what is music therapy and how it's used to help individuals? Sure. Um, We've got... You know, we've got a very technical definition, you know, that involves, you know, a therapeutic relationship and, and, you know, use of music interventions in a clinical and evidence-based way. You know, we have a very technical definition. Um, what I also like to follow it up with is just, I use music to achieve non-musical goals. So in music therapy, the goal is not necessarily to learn how to play the guitar or um, something like more musically focused or how to how to identify an A major scale. It's not like that. They're, the goals, especially with the clients that I work with, um, are more mental health based because um, I work on an inpatient psychiatric unit. And so they're working on things like building coping skills um, and expressing their emotions in a healthy and safe manner. So those are the non-musical goals that I'm using the music to get to. And that's gonna be like instrument playing, songwriting, um, taking a look at lyrics um, and talking about them and, and other techniques. Can you go a little bit more in specific on uh, how, how music is integrated in therapy sessions? Are there specific techniques that you do? To me, that's an interesting question because I, I often think, how could music not be in a therapy mm. session? But I do understand that there are those that, that might not use music in their therapy sessions. Um, and so Music can be integrated into a session in a lot of different ways. Um, It could, you know, and it's going to vary depending on who you're working with. So um, sometimes this is partially what's difficult about kind of wrapping our heads around music therapy is because we will steam someone for music therapy that's in the NICU, right? Mm -hmm. That's very tiny baby, right? All the way to hospice in the lifespan, right? Um, Where end end of life care. And so 
those sessions and all the sessions in between are going to look really different because we make it individualized and those treatment plans are individualized. The interventions are going to be individualized. So some of the techniques that we'll use, um, we'll do active music making. So sometimes, you know, I'll speak from my reference of kind of the sessions that I do, because that's what I'm most familiar with. Um, I would bring a variety of percussion instruments, maybe large drums, maybe small percussion instruments like um, maracas, tambourine, mm -hmm. egg shakers, those kind of instruments. And we would get together um, in a group therapy session and make music together. And depending on what they're working on, right, maybe it's expressing their emotions and they're going to use their instrument to help express their emotions. Um, maybe it's interpersonal skills where they're practicing not overpowering the rest of the group with their in instrument. You know, and we can, as the music therapist, we can set them up for success with that, right? We're not going to give them the cowbell for that one. Um, that one might uh, cut right through. So we might set them up for success with that. But we do active music making. Um, receptive music is also a thing. We might listen to music. We might talk about music. We might reminisce about music. Um, there's also improvisation where we're um, improvising in the moment. Um, there's no music mm -hmm. um, and we just create in the moment. There's also recreative music where we might learn lean on me um, mm -hmm. on handbells or something like that. Um, so the patients will already know what the tune is likely. Um, and then we can use the music and the act of making music and recreating the music to facilitate the therapy and their goals. I also will use techniques um, in songwriting as well. Um, you know, songwriting, you can have um, sessions where you do like a fill in the blank songwriting where you take out certain words. Um, mm -hmm. I would take out certain words as the therapist and then they would recreate um, a new song using the same chords and the same notes and the same kind of structure that the songwriter already made, but they kind of personalize it in a way. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorites is using Hey Jude for that by the Beatles. And actually what I encourage the patients to do is to use the structure of the lyrics to send either themselves a message or mm -hmm. send someone else or something else in their life a message. Um, and it can be really powerful when a patient will write a song reminding them like that they that they want to stay sober, reminding them to take their medications. Um, and it's a really personalized um, and tender way to talk to oneself um, rather than perhaps the judging or shaming that they might engage in otherwise. That sounds incredibly powerful. Can you share a memorable success story from your experience as a music therapist? Um, personally, yeah, personally for me, um, one of my favorite stories is um, I used to work in a partial program, a partial hospitalization program for adolescents. And they told me, they said, Miss McKenzie, we got to do a lip sync battle. That's so cool. <laughs> I was like, sweet. Yeah, let's do it. Next, next time I'm here, next group, let's do it. Mm -hmm. I show up the next group and they are terrified. 
they are all terrified. This was all their idea and they were all terrified. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of these patients were working on anxiety and working through anxiety and not just kind of running in the other direction, but rather approaching, especially when it's not a life-threatening situation. Um, and so um, I, by the end of the hour, at least um, everyone sang at least, or excuse me, everyone lip synced at least one song. Some people did multiple songs because they got more comfortable with it, mm-hmm. uh, but everybody did at least one song. Um, and it was just such a powerful experience because I don't know if they would have been able to conquer that high of anxiety if it wasn't music as the mm-hmm. tool that they were using. Yeah, I love that. If you had a, a song that you would lip sync to, what would it be? Either lip sync, um, Benny and the Jets by Elton John, which is kind of an odd um, lyrical piece, but that's what I like about it. Or otherwise, um, um, That Don't Impress Me Much by Shania Twain. Okay, perfect. They're great karaoke songs. I can totally see them work for lip singing. Did you know that music is the last thing we forget when our memory goes? Right after the break, we will talk about this phenomenon. Do you want to know the secret behind the programming you love? It's all funded by the Honor System. As a public radio station, we're based on a very simple model. We try to do something meaningful, connecting with you through music and stories. And then we count on those who appreciate what we do to show their support. Are you one of them? Show your support by visiting RadioMilwaukee.org and joining today. Indulge me for a moment. If I started to sing a snippet of Last Christmas by Wham, you know the one. Last Christmas I gave you my heart and... Chances are you'd be able to complete the song. What about Lizzo's Truth Hurts? If I said, I just took a DNA test, turns out, you'd probably know the next line. Now here's a fun experiment. Go to your music library, pick a song, play just the first three seconds of it, Then give yourself a point if you can manage to sing or hum at least the next five seconds of the song. Repeat this for about 20 songs. How many points did you score? If you participate, you might find out that you could do 10 or 15 of those songs. Because our brain possesses a remarkable ability to make, store, and retrieve memories of music, even when we're not aware of doing so. And I asked Mackenzie why music memory is one of the last things that tends to go away. It's that we're we're using a different part of our brains when we're engaging in music, when we're listening to music, singing music, playing music. Um, and so it's going to be different than the talking parts of our brain or the remembering parts of mm-hmm. our brain. So sometimes when a patient is dealing with memory loss, music therapy can help individuals address emotions, thoughts, and memories. And it can also help our mental health. How exactly does music and music therapy support emotional and mental health well-being? Yeah, that's another one of those questions that I'm just like, how could it not? Yeah. (laughs) I think we all have those connections to music. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've had that song that really, you know, hits that spot that maybe makes you burst out into tears. Mm -hmm. Maybe it really quenches your anger. Um, So I think that's a, a... large and like a widely accepted experience that a lot of people will have, right? And so we can take that um, and our knowledge about music, our knowledge about music in the brain, and our knowledge about the therapeutic process, 
um, and kind of combine it all together. And we're balancing, you know, we're balancing our relationship, like music therapist is in a, is balancing the relationship with the client, but we're also, the both of us are also balancing that relationship with music. And so it's actually a triangle. There's actually three prongs um, or three sides or corners that are involved in, in music therapy. And we can take the person's music experience um, maybe, maybe they do know how to play guitar and they want to, you know, further that to help them meet their, their mental health goals. Um, we can use the music and the, and the patient's, um, experiences with the music, um, to help them get to their goals in ways that other therapies might not be able mm -hmm. to. I think it's a really powerful tool. Yeah. Have you ever encountered with certain misconceptions about music therapy and how, how have you addressed them? Absolutely. Um, there are a lot of misconceptions about music therapy. Um, some people might, um, you know, listen to their favorite song and feel that feeling that we're all familiar with. Um, and, and they'll be like, oh, that was great music therapy. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, and what makes it different is that there's the therapist there, right? And, and we're board certified and we have knowledge in that um, therapeutic process and how music works in the brain. Um, and so we're, I'm not denying that music is therapeutic. Music is absolutely therapeutic and people use music therapeutically for themselves all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but music therapy itself is, is more directed, goal-focused, clinical, and evidence-based. I asked Mackenzie if she had an interesting fact that she can share in relation to music and our brain. One, one thing that really interested me or really was an aha moment for me, um, another uh, provider on, on the treatment team that I work on used music in her session. I don't own music. Rock on. Um, so she was using music in her session and she got an unexpected, um, she got an unexpected response from a client. Um, the the idea of it was to, you know, pick something inspiring or pick something uplifting, right? Um, and when the patient picked the song and listened to it, he started crying. And she mm -hmm. was kind of like, okay, what's what's going on here? And at that same moment when she was talking about that in our team meeting, um, it came to my mind. I was like, the nucleus accumbens, um, because that's the place where when everything falls into place, which is what happened with the client, the client said, it was just so beautiful. Everything just fell into place. You know, it was just the perfect piece of music. And so it was so emotional. He started crying. And so I thought the nucleus accumbens, everything fell into place for him. That's why he started to cry. Um, and so we get to be a little nerdy with it too. Mm -hmm. And, and, but we get to also explain some of these mystical feelings that we can get, um, like why we get goosebumps or that kind of thing. I would also say another interesting fact that I really appreciate is that music typically will stimulate the amygdala in our brain a lot. And the amygdala is kind of like the intersection of our emotions. Um, so like it's, it's where the music and the emotions meet. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's why we can feel things. We can listen to a piece of music and go, oh, that feels happy or, oh, that feels spooky. Mm. Um, and so based on that, we can harness that um, and, and utilize it in our music therapy sessions. 
Yeah. Speaking about that, why why is it that sometimes there are music that like we we enjoy and there's others that's like turn it off. It's like annoying me. It's triggering me. Do you, is is there is there a scientific reasoning behind that? I would say there's a lot of research behind it, and it's it's a very nuanced answer, right? Yeah. I like to think of our brains um, experiencing music like Pac-Man. So it's just kind of eating the <laughs> dots along, right? And um, the dots are the music and, and our brains are the Pac-Man. Um, and so um, it depends on kind of the state of our brain when we start listening mm-hmm. to music, right? You know, if we're having emotional vulnerabilities, right? Like if I haven't been sleeping um, and I listen to a certain song, you know, that might not... Um, that might not land as well um, if I were getting good sleep um, or feeling, you know, my best and in the moment. Um, and so there's going to be a, a wide variety of reasons that's going to have to do with the current state of the brain, what music is coming into your brain. So, um, you know, it's traveling through your ear, it's traveling to your auditory nerve, and then it's traveling to your brain, right? fascinating insights into the brain's relationship with music, how it can evoke memories, stimulate emotions, and even trigger physical responses like goosebumps. Understanding these connections helps us appreciate the depth of our musical experiences. So next time you find yourself humming along to a familiar tune or feeling uplifted by a favorite song, remember the intricate dance between music and our brains. Hi, I'm Kim Shine, production manager at Radio Milwaukee. Thank you to our host, Salam Fatayer, Tariq Moody, our executive producer, and Brett Kraskowski, who is our web editor. Thank you to our marketing team led by Sarah Lar, our graphics and wonderful logo made by Aaron Bagata. Mallory Wallace is our community engagement and membership manager, and Dan Reiner and Darren Brewer handle our social media. A big thank you to City Loving members for making Uniquely Milwaukee possible. Tune in next Tuesday for our next episode.